and welcome to Something Rotten Season 2, Episode 2. Today we will be talking about the second half of Kane and Lynch Dead Men. My name is Jacob Geller. I am joined, as always, by Blake Hester. Hi, Blake. Hello, Jacob. Thanks for thanks for having me. Uh, at the top, want to give a special shout out to Gamer Max Channel for uploading the Kane and Lynch Deadman full game walkthrough, long play gameplay, no commentary, for allowing me to see this game through for this episode. We will get uh, get into this as the podcast continues, but Blake has not played this game to completion, and I don't believe uh, he will ever do so <laughs> based no. on our exchanges before this started. Gamer Max Channel has finished the game, though. I can say that with utter confidence. Mm-hmm. So, so I have finished this game. Gamer Max Channel has finished this game, and the mm-hmm. third person who has presumably finished this is our guest joining us from bullet points monthly and the av club and writing in a lot of good places presumably we've got reed mccarter how are you doing i'm i'm good i have finished this game i think two to three times so we were talking about having you on last week and blake said something that blew my mind which was that reed really likes this game So much so that Reed uploaded a full no commentary gameplay walkthrough on Gamer Max channel. Yeah, that's my my side hustle is Gamer Max channel. So thank you, Blake, for shouting it out. That's no. how I make uh, the the bulk of my income uh, comes from Gamer Max channel no commentary walkthroughs. Explain. I don't. I don't mean to ask this so pointed, but explain why you like this game. Because like. On the surface, it feels well, okay. like I think I, could... I think we should. I want to do a little play setting first before because this is like the meat of. You're of right. The I didn't issue. mean to attack you with that question. <laughs> I guess a more. I'm interested in the first time that you played this. Like when? When was your first Kane and Lynch playthrough? I think the first time I played it was um, probably around when two came out. Okay. Maybe a little bit before that, or around the same time. I think I ended up uh, playing it. I think I got it for like two bucks on Steam or something. And yeah, and I, so I did play it before too, which is probably at this point rare. I think right. Now I mean, people would be they're like, they're both two such weird games. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think that's back when it was. And then I think I played it once in between, and then for this again, Blake asked me to talk about two, and I was like, "Yeah, hell yeah, two is that's Kane Lynch two is in the video game canon. It is mm-hmm. top ten, I think, just hell of a game." And I went back to one, thinking like, "I don't know how this holds up now," and I played it, and you're both so you're so wrong. <laughs> so do you do you remember the the first time you played it before two were you also then like this is good or has has this kind of i don't know is there something about playing it now that makes it feel uh, better like a breath of fresh air or you know whatever you're experiencing the positive qualities of this game with have those always been your thoughts or have you recently stumbled into them i think these games get better every year maybe a controversial <laughs> take but i think like i was thinking playing the first one there's just there's no bullshit in this game it's just 
I mean, I think both of you, I listened to the first episode, and I think you, <laughs> you would both say there's lots of bullshit. I what think is- we would argue it's almost entirely <laughs> bullshit. Overflowing, actually, you know? But, like, in terms of... Um, I think I was talking about this on, like, a different podcast I was doing with uh, Bullet Point's co-editor, Yusuf Cole, and we were talking about, like, Final Fantasy thirteen, And... <laughs> A game that is not as good as Cain Lynch one. But I was thinking, like, you play these games from, like, 2010, 2011. I guess this one's even earlier. Mm. And they're, like, remarkably straightforward. They're not filled with, you know, all these, like, XP meters and sort of, like, you know, codex, codices filled with useless information and collectibles. And Yeah, I mean, there's obviously... no deep Cain and Lynch lore. You're not... No. You're not, like, going to an external website to find out, like, the history of the tower that you're shooting through or something. No. Which is... Thank God. (laughs) Um, I think... Go ahead. No, no, I was just gonna say, so I think... I think the first time I played this one, I was just like, wow, what a... a, What a... Just a mean game. Mm -hmm. Just, like, a a nasty kind of game. And then you play two, and I think that cements that's what they were interested in doing is making something just incredibly bleak and just um you know ugly like you guys have been yeah <laughs> talking about um yeah i think you could probably use the adjective raw to describe both of these games but in kind of different ways whereas two feels like emotionally raw you know that it's it's just kind of like an exposed nerve that almost hurts to look at whereas one is just like in a video game sense it is so raw in that it's basically like the basest form of interaction through the whole thing like you you are really just shooting people in a remarkably unsophisticated you Mm -hmm. know manner like there's no the shooting mechanics are as straightforward as anything could be and and they're not really asking you to like use complex strategies it's not like you should use different weapons on different people it's just like you just click on people until they die which is you know it's in some ways how you could describe most video games but this one uh, yeah cutting out the bullshit is interesting because playing this game is incredibly frustrating but at the same time there's very little between like you and the game's systems i mean i feel like that's like something i like about this game is the brevity of it not because i don't like the game and i want it to be over very (laughs) very quickly uh but in the idea that like you know for 07 this was ostensibly a triple a game and in 2020 you would die before you saw a three-hour triple a game you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. so there's something about like trimming all the fat from this game i find interesting the second to second just controlling shooting is so miserable that that's like the only compliment I can give it right now. Reed, do I you mean, enjoy playing it at all? There is a certain, like, I don't know. This is, sounds like such, I feel bad because the two of you laid out your case very well <laughs> in the previous episode. And I completely understand where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, there is something about, I think all of this game to me kind of functions as, it's like almost like a prototype for what they do in the second one. 
mm-hmm. and there is something about just how matter of fact the gunplay is like it's it's so unsophisticated and something about the way the levels look like they have and i think you were talking about this in the other episode at the earlier episode they feel like these strange kind of like they almost feel like movie sets that you're running through um but eerier because they're crafted by someone um not crafted by someone but because they feel like they're not finished kind of like they're just as much as you need to set the scene and the enemies kind of feel like that too they're just like these strange like kind of rigidly animated characters just running at you and Mm. you're just pointing at them and the gunshots are kind of like tinny and then they just fall over when there's enough and there's something about that kind of mixed with Kane and Lynch like screaming at each other constantly that um, there's something unsettling about it that I like I don't think it's I think you have to maybe be more generous with this game than you do with the second one where the second one like from the second you started up is just smacking you in the face with what it's trying to make you feel this one is I don't know I think you have to do a bit more work I think sure. it's really interesting the the kind of movie set analogy because with with most kind of comparisons to movies it feels like that's that's like what games are trying to achieve is like oh the you know the cutscenes are so cinematic or the the you know story felt like a movie but when a game's environments feel like movie sets that's actually something that I think we would usually consider a negative because like game environments are supposed to be very enthralling and feel like complete worlds and whatever or movie sets are as you said like just what you need to get by and and i think it is a really good description of of this game that like the only things you're seeing are like this is just kind of the minimum amount of effort we need to put in and i don't mean effort in kind of like a development sense but just like Mm. in visual language this is the minimum we need to put in to get you to understand that this is a jungle or that Mm. this is you know a tower or whatever like we're just gonna kind of put in some big windows and some blank walls and kind of have you do the projection onto that and it's it's another one of the ways that this game feels just so so kind of unbearably stripped down where like there's nothing there's almost nothing to like hold on to you know you can't be like well i'm not having fun playing the game but look at this or do you know like this detail is really neat because they've taken all those details out of the environment and basically all you have is like the second to second gameplay i had a similar feeling going from level to level in that the levels to me feel like vignettes you know, they often mm. do not relate to not not that levels have to flow, you know, from point A to point B, but you off it's all it's like the nightclub and then the chase and then the jungle and then the city. It's like the levels feel very um compartmentalized from each other. And the stories of the levels also do. From level to level I stopped being able to follow the plot of this game because it totally. felt like each level kind of had its own plot and it's at one point this game was about getting a briefcase and then it was about saving a daughter and then it was about saving your friends who hate you and uh yeah I 
there's a, this game is an impossible game to follow any thread on is what i'm saying yeah it's, uh, oh sorry oh can i just ask you blake where did you check out where were you like i'm uh, not trying to play this anymore when there was a helicopter boss fight in havana <laughs> I said, yeah. nope. Oh, that part sucks. Yeah, that part I, God. unambiguously yeah. blows. There's nothing redeeming about that, <laughs> that yeah. section. I, I died way I died numerous times to two bullets. And then I said, you know, I've played enough. And I looked it up on YouTube and I said, oh, I got I got an hour to spare. I can watch this. <laughs> and so I did. You watched and it you, on 1.5 speed. You know what's funny about <laughs> watching this game? I uh when I I guess I can recognize that they're good, but I do not enjoy Souls games at all. I mm-hmm. like the act of playing them is misery to me. Um, but watching them, I enjoy. I think you can derive a lot more enjoyment out of watching some games than you can playing them. Uh, Souls being the example here. Uh, watching Kane and Lynch for me equally as miserable as playing it because I'm watching it. Because when if you don't enjoy playing a Souls game, but you watch someone play it and they're playing at a high level, you get to enjoy that skill. Uh, I was watching someone play Kane and Lynch and just being frustrated that this poor YouTuber was dealing with the same issues as me. You know, I, I, they, they were playing on mouse and keyboard, I could tell, and they still had the same, like, I'm aiming at their head and clicking and nothing is happening. Or finding weird corners to nudge around, shoot a couple bullets because there was no cover for them in the level. Um, equally frustrating experience. Yeah, I would be curious as to, like, what a speedrun of this game looks like, because it does, it feels to me, like you were kind of hinting at here, that, like, there is no graceful version of this game. You know, there's not, like, a skill level you get to that, that suddenly it looks you know that you can like see mastery in the gameplay and that's but that i might be wrong and maybe there is a speed run of this game where someone like shoots through like a god and and has figured out that like actually this is the spread of bullets that they need to account for and whatever but it just it yeah it's so kind of clunky in its bones you know that it just seems like there's no graceful version of it you want to know my kane lynch pro strat it yes. applies yes. to both games. There are certain points. This is embarrassing. I think <laughs> I, think I showed Blake. I have like thirty hours in Kane and Lynch two. Wow. <laughs> and it's like I think this last time it took me three hours to play it, or three and a half hours, or something. But there's when the enemies spawn in, they usually all run at the same point, and this you know isn't isn't a super elegant design. They usually all run from the same like hallway or something mm. so if you position yourself where they're coming out and you have an assault rifle or something and just unload on those dudes <laughs> you're good to go there's no flanking there's no running around taking cover um so yeah it's very artful when it, ha- when it happens <laughs> it is it's another way that the game is just kind of like throwing this artificiality at you yeah you know that it's just like it's when you play through this successfully it's because you understand like the enemy spawn closets and you're like there are just a dozen guys that are going to come out of that hallway and so if i just like stand here and hold down the trigger that's going to be all i need to do can i ask you all a question about the grenades in this game 
Yeah, did, go did, ahead. Did they ever work for you all? They kind of did. I could I never, mean, as I could well never as figure out how to throw them. They're pretty, like, weightless, <laughs> just like the guns. I could never yeah. figure out how to throw them, and then when they would explode, I could never figure out if anyone was killed. I'd, it was a train wreck. Also, uh, to, sorry, real quick, I'm my brain's being pulled a billion different ways with this game. Uh, real quick callback, now that I'm talking about explosives here. Um, I talked about getting in cover and trying to shoot, and my gun just shooting the wall in front of me mm-hmm. in the last episode. Had that happen with an RPG uh, about one and a half minutes before I turned the game off and watched the YouTube video. <laughs> this game has that thing where when you throw a grenade, it it looks like you're throwing it like the length of a football field, but then it still lands like very close to you. Like it's yeah. really hard to gauge how far the grenade is actually going after it leaves your hand. It looks like uh, Kane is throwing the world's smallest, heaviest object because it's very <laughs> tiny and then it goes about one foot in front of him no matter how hard he throws it. Um, all right, so do you want to... Let's start talking about the the missions for this section. So we last time we ended with the chapter Breakout, which is when you, you went into a prison and you broke out a bunch of your friends question mark who uh who you needed for this job we start on maybe the coolest uh, level of the game or at least like conceptually um because you're you're on this tower and you do the kind of I think of weirdly the beginning of Bulletstorm where you do this exact same thing but you but you kind of like walk down the side of the building and the camera like kind of swings around and so it looks like the 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 sheer facade of the building is your floor and you're just walking forward and you can look around and see like this whole city around you and it's it's really impressive and watching trailers for this game uh you see this part a lot and mm-hmm. so it kind of seemed like this was this was like a big set piece that they were banking on. Um, and then you like walk down and there's like a like a big meeting and you like shoot through the window. How did how did y'all feel about this part? It's my favorite level in the game for sure. Um, not I mean, like I didn't enjoy playing it, but like the level was the most interesting to me. I like I mentioned in the previous episode all the levels in this game on paper seem cool like a firefight from the roof of a skyscraper all the way to the streets of downtown like city center Tokyo through them like it's such it conceptually it's a really cool level and I did like enjoy the idea of it I didn't enjoy the like second to second of it but I think of the levels I played in this game this one was by far my favorite to go through. Hmm. Yeah. I now read with your kind of your appreciation appreciation of the game kind of because of its flaws if I'm <laughs> characterizing you right are there like set pieces in this like this where you're like this is extra cool or is the whole thing kind of the same level of like experimental ugliness that you're enjoying? It's I think I like I don't want to sound like contrarian jerk, but some of the stuff like the repelling thing where you can tell that 
I think they thought that was super cool. Oh yeah. There's like in that tutorial, like the second tutorial when you're in that um, parking garage, they're like, here's oh, yeah. how you repel. <laughs> you get interrupted, but they like take time out. Um, I think some of this stuff where they tried to do their really clunky like Michael Mann type thing or like with a little bit of like turn of the millennium uh mission impossible kind of like they're trying to do like sleek thieves and everything and i don't think it ever works super well like to me these games work the best when they're uh just like chaos and ugly and mean so when they're doing things like like even the when you go into the bank um in the earlier part stuff like that like it doesn't play for me that well until it goes completely off the rails mm-hmm. and then this thing too where you're going down i think it's cool but i think the game's not uh these kind of moments almost feel like they're pulling it in a different direction from mm-hmm. what works like they're trying to be sort of slicker and and cooler seeming and then you start playing it again you're like well this is not you know this this is not actually cool or slick this is this kind of like clunky messy thing so yeah, those parts I, never did a lot for me i agree that it it seems nothing that we know about either kane or lynch implies that they would ever be able to kind of even get started on this level of heist you know that they would have <laughs> like the technical know-how to attach five dudes to the top of a skyscraper and start walking down is just like it it's a scene that kind of and 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 similarly when you get down uh, kane has that weird like ring knife do you know what i'm talking about that it's like there are these things where it's like the game kind of reminds you that it thinks the character kane is cool Mm-hmm. And that's when it sucks. When it's just oh, like, yeah. oh, like I, you, you legit think this is awesome, and and that that is always kind of a disappointing moment because whatever <laughs> is happening is so far from awesome. Jacob, if you uh, don't like the mental dissonance of Kane and Lynch pulling off that heist, you're gonna hate when they win a civil war in Havana by themselves. <laughs> by they they seemingly <laughs> recruit an army and then all of them die instantly. Yeah. I was yeah. baffled at that moment, but we'll get there. I can't wait to talk about that stuff. I think there's Yeah, that's that's some wild stuff going on in that like the second or I guess like the last third of the game. Oh yeah, yeah. So so then the the this level is called the uh, Redomoto Tower, um, and it starts and you're repelling, and then you kind of get inside the tower and you just you kill the guy or you you kind of slice him up. Um, you kill him and then like whisper in his ear for like five minutes. It's very confusing. Even the other characters in the game are like, "Kane, what do you say into this dude?" And I, as the player, I'm like. I don't know what I'm saying to this dude, but there's an extended cutscene of Kane just whispering sweet nothings into a dead man's ear. It's it's really the like resquietat in pace, like yeah. Assassin's Creed of this game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but dumber. But but much be, dumber. Wouldn't it be great though if they leaned into that more of like like what Jacob was just saying about 
when they remind you they think he's cool it's it's not so good but i think this game when they're like no kane is more disturbed or he's mm. he's like he's a way worse dude than lynch when they kind of like zoom in on that it's a much more interesting kind of character thing and i wonder like if you're being charitable if the idea was kane is supposed to be this career criminal who's good at pulling off heists and you know is good at setting up these meetings with important criminals across the world and blah 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 but he's you know actually a sociopath or psychopath i guess but it doesn't really come through I think one of the big missed opportunities is that you you get this whole other squad. Like, you know, you think of this as like, oh, this is going to be kind of like a a buddy heist movie where it's just Kane mm-hmm. and Lynch. But actually, you have like, I don't know, four other guys mm-hmm. who are with you for several missions, and none of them have any defining features. And And no. it's a bummer because it seems like it would have been a good opportunity for them to kind of like be side-eyeing each other as Kane does increasingly unhinged stuff. Uh, But instead you just kind of get nothing from them and you don't know if this is normal for them or, or if, you know, if this is, if this is really crazy or if they just don't care about anything one way or the other. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, like I, Lynch to me feels underexplored in this game. I don't know that like Kane or especially any of the like secondary characters, I felt much of a draw to no- know more about them. But Lynch, like especially early in the game, he kind of gets like put on the shelf in the back half of this game. But early in the game, I was super interested in him, and the game just doesn't seem willing to afford it the time of day to explore its own characters. Now, Reed, have you played, because because you have significantly more experience with this than either of us, have you played these games in co-op, presumably the way they were meant to be played? No. Mm. No. Because by the time I played the first one, um, I don't think many people, <laughs> the yeah. Cam Lynch community had uh, <laughs> died off, had lost enthusiasm. Um, and then two, I think, like back when I was playing it, I was just sort of like, thinking co-op is a pain to set up if you're not going to be if you're not going to be sitting next to someone on the couch that I didn't really want to bother with like finding random people to play with and blah 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 so I've actually never played these in co-op yeah I don't think I mean I I am not speaking from experience here but it feels like two doesn't lose that much from not being in co-op because you're playing as the interesting character because like Mm -hmm you want to be Lynch, and in two, you are. But in this one, I wonder that if you had a co-op partner, or if you were that co-op partner that was playing as Lynch for the whole time, if you would get additional dialogue or insight or whatever. Because as we talked about in the first episode, he seems much more interesting, not just because of his, like, kooky mental problems, but also because he, like... You know, he kind of seems to have almost an inferiority complex, which is, mm-hmm. like, interesting for the uh, quote-unquote psychopath character to have. You know, it's weird to have a Trevor from GTA Five that also feels like he can't do anything right and, like, you know, takes orders from other people because he's worried about his own ability. And maybe there is more of that in this game, but 
since you can't really experience that unless you're playing co-op, none of us actually have a way of knowing. Yeah. Um, Did... Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I, I thought that was interesting when you were talking about it in the last one, because I had heard of that and looked up footage a long time ago with that, uh, that bank vault scene where Lynch is supposed to be just like intimidating the hostages and then he ends up killing all of them. Um, yeah, if they could have figured out a way, but at the same time, that stuff I think is so, there's something about the Lynch stuff that like Jacob, when you're, <clears throat> excuse me, when you're like the kooky psychopath, like it definitely has that kind of, I don't know, like, look at this guy. He's so, he's so nuts, you know, and he's got to take mm-hmm. his pills or else he, he's going to go completely off the handle. And that stuff I think is so, uh, I wish I could also talk about two a little bit too, but I think they realized over time that it's not, not necessary for what, the, what kind of stories they were trying to tell. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it feels like it feels like they accidentally made a sympathetic character. You know that like mm. they wanted him to be this like cool wild card guy, and instead, just because like you're given so little to go on with the characters in this game you know you're really kind of like pulling on threads but like you know he has just a couple lines where he is just not as kind of like charismatic or confident as you would expect someone in that position to be and that just immediately makes him so much more interesting and i think because we're really taking anything we can get with this story both blake and i were just like oh give me more of that (laughs) like give me something (laughs) Um, yeah, it's ahead. it's only in retrospect now that I'm realizing after Kane's wife is murdered and the game becomes a rescue mission for his daughter, Lynch is like not. Re- I mean, he's present throughout the rest of the game. I don't actually remember him being very prominent. Like he's talking to you, but he doesn't have any of the moments like the bank heist where you're like compelled to know more about this character for like probably and the back entire half of the game i don't remember him doing anything interesting no he kind of just becomes a sidekick doesn't he yeah he he's like the same as everyone else in your group which is surprising Mm -hmm. because he's on the cover (laughs) yeah 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 i think one of the only bigger moments he has is right toward like the last five minutes of the game Mm -hmm. yeah you've got the big choice which is I, I kind of like that choice, kind of, but I don't know. I can't. I can't wait down. to get to it. <laughs> I didn't agree with Max Gamer. Uh, I didn't agree with his choice. It was not the one I would have made if I had gotten to. The I'm end of okay. S- save that. I'm curious yeah. as to what <laughs> okay. as to what Max Gamer picked. But let's let's get there first. So so you get out of the tower. You have. Um, a very heat-esque kind of like firefight just like across a street and then you're kind of you're kind of running down and this is one where this is like a big gameplay level and it's just a bummer um that you just gotta like shoot a bunch of people and really nothing happens other than kind of i actually thought they were gonna i thought they i thought they were gonna bring back the uh 
the chase thing because you're waiting for your car, your van to pick you up. And I was like actually kind of excited to do that again through the streets of Tokyo and it never comes. Uh, also, real quick, now that I'm thinking about it, this level was the most egregious offender of this particular issue I had with this game. Where a lot of the game is spent just trying to get from point A to point B, your like waypoint on the map. Uh, did any of you all have issues with having to individually call all your party members to mm -hmm. the waypoint and oh, then yeah. when they were there having to sit for five mm -hmm. to ten seconds for the cutscene when they mm -hmm. like you were fine oh my it drove me insane trying to get it to work i thought it was it was to me because i didn't like lose the level because of it or whatever it was unintentionally kind of hilarious of just like calling out like Hey, Ron, John, Bob. And then they would just all be like, yep, yep, yep. And then, like, go <laughs> running. <laughs> well, this game does something. I feel like games don't do it as much anymore. But, like, a lot of games used to, you would go through a level and you would kill everyone in the level. And then you could, you know, go around, pick up ammo and everything, get ready for whatever the next firefight is going to be. But the cutscene that would play after that would show them still in a firefight that you had finished. Mm -hmm. This game does a ton of that, which implies that these dudes would be running for their fucking lives to get to wherever they're going to be. But instead, you've spent the past five minutes being like, come on, bro. Come on. And then he like lazily walks over. And then the cutscene plays and they're all running and still shooting at people you would kill. Dude, real quick. How is it possible that we did five podcasts on Max Payne 3 and we didn't talk about the fact that he's holding the gun in the cutscene that you were holding in the game? That's the greatest so technical achievement oh, of beautiful. that entire game. Is so good. You're holding a shotgun in the game and then you enter the cutscene and he's holding a shotgun. It's incredible. So and let's give a special shout out. Max, Max Payne does it. A bunch of games have done it since. Uh, showing actual, like, when they have dynamic, like, s cuts and wounds on their bodies, and that shows up in cutscenes. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. Uh, Kane and Lynch actually pioneered that tech, so I think we need to call that out. Um, bunch of <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> um, so then, okay, so so you make it out of, out of the kind of streets of Tokyo, and, and suddenly, and... Uh, certainly on my first playthrough, with almost no motivation, you were just in Havana in the middle of a civil war. Okay. What before happened? We, before we do that, it took me a week and three levels to figure out that this game never left Tokyo. So you do you go after Redimoto's daughter, and then you're faced with the Seven, which makes you think you've gone back to America. Mm. And then you're back in Tokyo, and it was only in retrospect that I realized, like, a third of this game is spent in Japan. Well, is the jail in? Yeah, isn't the jail oh. in the States? Okay, so no, I was wrong. That means they went from Japan back yeah. to California, back to Japan? These they're dudes are boys. They're fucking jet setters is what they are. Where are they getting the money for this shit? Also, uh, the idea of, case. like, you need <laughs> to break case. these four specific guys out of prison these like just useless dudes who don't yeah. seem to be able to it's not like it's like oh he's the master lock picker it's like they're just four guys also the multiple multiple thousands thousands of dollars it takes to i'm sorry uh the the couple thousand dollars it takes per person to fly someone from america to japan and they're able to do it multiple times with an increasing number of people. 
Hey man, they got they got that uh, the seven money. Do they uh. though? The seven doesn't give them any money. <laughs> what yeah, guy. that's one of those things that the seven are. It's so stupid. The seven. It's truly. It's like the most two thousand seven plot point of this entire game, which is yeah. you know incredible. It's just this like, oh yeah, we'll just have like a cool criminal syndicate and, and they'll have a cool name and you won't need to know anything else about them which to your earlier point reed i'm glad that we don't learn about like their backstory because that would oh, yeah. also be garbage uh yeah. really quick i i'm sorry i know i'm hung up on this but there's nothing in these levels that even indicates that it's japan or la why did this game not just take place in one city I don't know, and mm. it's it's an interesting contrast because the the, the specter of Canaan Lynch two is looming over this podcast. Two is yeah. so rooted in its setting, and you can really tell that they did just like weeks of kind of like principal photography and and like making really sure they got all these specific details right. And this game, by contrast, is just like. I don't know. I've seen a parking garage before. I bet they look the same in Tokyo. Let's just do that. Yeah. Throw up some Japanese uh, writing on Skyscraper. I would, is, go. I would not what be is, surprised if the Japanese writing was their equivalent of, like, lorem ipsum. You know? Yeah. Just... <laughs> I'm just like, what does it say about your game if three people have to, like, kind of think about it to figure out where this game is taking place for a third of it? I don't know. Oh. Isn't the fact that we're talking about it, Blake? Doesn't that no, mean it's no? <laughs> it's fucking dumb. <laughs> this whole time, I thought like half the game took place in Japan, and now I'm learning that fucking they're jet setters. It's fucking me up a little bit. Uh, anyway, and and they have jet setted to Havana. That's well, that's to be the fair, next place they South are. America cheaper flight. That's so they, Tokyo <laughs> to South America. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, you start and it's, I I would say impressive in the number of people on screen. At least in the beginning mm. here, is you do feel like you're kind of in the midst of this like guerrilla group that you don't really know. Why? what or why they're there you're just kind of using the civil war as cover for getting to where you need to go but like there is an impressive amount of stuff going on for the first like three minutes and then everyone who's not you is just like gunned down and you Which, learn that the I seven like that. overthrows governments or something that's like their whole thing or whatever and that's why you need to go to havana to find the seven but there's only four which I'm mm -hmm. confused about. That's like the job they're doing at that point. Yeah. Helping to overthrow the Cuban government, which that's a big, <laughs> that's a big one. I mean, the seven, maybe more just like the U.S. government. Am I right, folks? Maybe. <laughs> when, when we were talking about, when we were talking in season one, we talked about how a lot of the games in the pantheon of something rotten games often feature uh white saviors going to south american countries to kill a bunch of people and uh kane and lynch certainly check that box because they for no reason went to south america which i was very confused as to why this game even felt the need to go there but did you think 
you know, I'm thinking of also with you Max Payne gentlemen here mm. with the ugly American part of Max Payne when he's deep in his self-loathing. Um, and this game, I think, kind of preempts the idea of having these American characters who could give a shit about the actual country they're going to, who are going just for their own like very narrow uh, reasons or for like material reward of some type. And the fact that it's Cuba and they're going there, you know, it feels like giving the game too much credit, but the fact, like, specifically that they're saying, we're going into Cuba to help overthrow a government again, um, feels like it lends, like, a bit more gravity to the ugliness of the game in general. The idea that these stupid Americans go, um, you know, to foreign countries and just make things worse. Like, I don't think they actually... And I can't remember if the revolution or whatever actually is successful or not in this game. An indication of how important it is to the overall (laughs) message of the game. Well, but I was going to say, I think if it works or it doesn't, it's the same. It's the same idea of these characters just going in and just murdering everyone around them. Yeah. Um, Well, that's what I was saying is like, it feels pointless though. You know, like there's no reason that Kane and Lynch needs to go down there and, partake you know what i'm saying it's it's a weird it's a really interesting contrast with max Payne 3 because we talked about like like that game feels very intentional with everything that it's doing and everything feels like it has a lot of gravity to it based on like literally just the gameplay systems that when you like kill Mm -hmm. someone it feels so weighty and and there's so much weight put on just like the plot in that game that him going to any location feels very specific that he's in that location and this like everything in Kanan Lynch feels so disposable you know that it like it truly feels like the game you know I I I think that we could agree that there's that kind of excuse thrown around when people are like, or or when media is like racist or whatever, that it's like, ah, they give it to everyone equally. And it's like, that's bullshit because obviously Mm -hmm. like, you know, oppressed groups getting, (laughs) getting shit on is not the same as like, you know, a bunch of cops or whatever. But the fact that this game, like it starts with you killing cops and then you just kill a bunch of people in a nightclub and then you and then you kill a bunch of like businessmen like it truly feels like it does not care who's on the other end of the barrel in a way that is like i don't really know how to take it but like max payne the the kind of light to heavy racism inherent in that setting feels important and in this, everything's just, like, nothing. Like, everything in this game is just trash, and it's hard to even, like, think about something that critically because the game is just, like, begging you to not think about anything. Mm-hmm. But, so it's funny, like, you, everything you're just saying there, I'm like, yeah, yeah. And then I'm like, and that's why I like this game, <laughs> you know? It's... And I think it also ties into part of why I like 2 so much, but I... I, yeah, sorry. Uh, we're really we're really edging <laughs> dog yeah. case here. Yeah, I'll resist getting into two, but I think like there is just that 
like you're saying, like I I really actually like the nightclub scene in this for I think it's the most where all the kind of hollowness of the setting and the shooting and everything um, and the environments like really clicks in a certain way when you're walking back through. I think you do like the the first time through when you're not shooting, second time through when there's all the civilians in there. I guess they're all civilians, but when you have just the like the party goers, and then the third time through when it's just corpses on the ground and a few more security agents. And the idea of this game just being like, well, what are you doing? Why are you like, they don't care. They never stop. Right. The only things they'll do is like, sometimes they yell at each other about, uh, I think in that car chase at the beginning, Kane's like, what, you have a problem with shooting cops now to Lynch? Cause he slows down for a second. And, mm-hmm. you know, later Lynch is yelling things at him about like, they kidnap and they beat up the, uh, was it Renamoto or whatever mm-hmm. his daughter? Yeah. And um, whichever one of them, I forget exactly how it works. And it's doesn't excuse it completely because I think a lot of the stuff with women in this game is just trying to shock you in a very like patriarchal kind of way of being like, look at these poor women being hurt. Um, but there is something about that that works when uh, I think Lynch yells at Kane. He says like. Jesus, like, she could be your daughter. You're doing all this to save your daughter, and then you're doing this to someone else's daughter. It's this, you know, thing of these guys are just mindless, and, like, they're not thinking more than a few steps ahead, and they're just doing all this horrible shit to everything around them that I I think is interesting. I do wonder, while playing this game, if, you know, if we had the writer here, the creative director of Kane and Lynch from IO Interactive, what they would say about the message or lack thereof of this game, whether it's some statement on toxic masculinity or whatever. And maybe it is, but like, I don't know. There's probably messages to the Avengers movies too. You know what I'm saying? But that doesn't mean Mm -hmm. they're good. And playing this, I can't find anything. Like if I felt even if this game was as nasty as it is, but there was something to grab onto, then I'd be compelled mm-hmm. to play it. But it's the hollowness of the game that makes me not want to play it. You know what I'm saying? Like, even in even its nastiness isn't interesting to me. It's it's an interesting thing. I think we keep we're all saying interesting because it's just like what yeah. <laughs> what do you say about this game? But you know when when I get fucking thousands of youtube comments saying like oh, why brag. do games have to be political yeah big old brag <laughs> yeah. of people calling me cuck um it must be nice but it's like i feel like this is the kind of game that they're talking about when they say like i don't want a game to be political and on one sure. hand that's like hilarious mm. because it's like you're literally in a civil war overthrowing a government like how can you be this dense but also it does feel like it's like, oh, this is a piece of media that feels like it has nothing to say. You know, Blake, that it's kind of what you were getting at, where it's like, it's it's not that it's apolitical, it's just that it's like so much trying to be meaningless that like 
to to project a meaning onto it to be like what does this mean that they're in havana what does it mean that they're Mm -hmm. overthrowing a government Mm -hmm. just feels like you're not interacting with the game on its own terms because the game's terms are like big stupid shoot stuff (laughs) you know that that's what it's good at (laughs) and like if a game wants to be meaningless or a piece of media wants to be meaningless, but still, like, I think that's fine, but it's 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 a tightrope you have to walk, right? Like, like, some people say Doom is about climate change or whatever, but, like, I don't really think so. I think it's about blowing shit up, and that's cool. Because it, it works for it. This game, it doesn't walk that tightrope well enough, you know? It's nasty for the sake of nastiness. And that's what it seems to think is interesting about it is that it's mean. And if it's not your mm-hmm. bully in high school wasn't interesting, you know, he was just mean for the sake of it. A portrait of your bully in high school might be interesting, though. Sure, but like, that's true. I definitely, I definitely know what you mean, and I think that's a hundred percent fair. I think yeah. like, and <laughs> Christ, I think like an aesthetic. I'm not gonna say what this is in reference to but i think if you have that kind of like nastiness and you have uh, a specificity to it or you have an aesthetic that's leaning into it that can help um right like sort of like justify it in the sense of like here it is like this is like you know look at humanity this is what i'm showing you like so uh, and this one i think is like the hollowness of it kind of works for me, but at the same time, I don't blame anyone for being like, no, this thing is just, it's like clunky and it's yeah. not like Jacob's saying too. Like you could say, well, look at, they're saying, they're saying Haiti and Cuba because that's making you think of a real place. Mm-hmm. And then like, but it has nothing to actually do with, they don't, they're not referencing political groups. They're not referencing like, even like political ideologies. It's just, revolution you know yeah it's it's just they just want a bunch of guys running at a tank like that's why they said it here to your point reed uh and i'm just gonna jump into the second game real quick i played like 30 minutes of it today just to (gasps) check it out um that game uh, outside of like just nice gameplay things it does better over it's uh over the first game uh that game feels just as nasty just as gross grosser nastier than this game but it presents it in a more interesting way that maybe when I get see the credits on the second game, I'll be like, I don't think that game was saying anything either. But just from an aesthetic level and the way it's presenting it visually, it's an infinitely more interesting game than the first game is. Yeah, I far. mean, I think, I think specificity is a great word for it because mm-hmm. the thing is I've played a bunch of games that are ugly like Kane and Lynch 1. You know, yeah. that, that this isn't, like, a mm-hmm. new ugliness. Whereas, Dog Days is a unique ugliness. And I haven't played other games with that aesthetic. But let's let's pull ourselves away from Dog Days. Uh, back back into to Kane and Lynch 1. So you fight through Havana. Just just the worst levels. I mean, like, really, you're, you're fighting a bunch of dudes. There's no cover. You have to shoot a helicopter at one point. It just sucks. Um, mm-hmm. you get to the capital, uh, and there, there are, like, some members of the Seven there, but not all of them, uh, and sure. your daughter is not there because it's not the end of the game. Is there anything to say about this part? 
I kept checking the timestamp on the YouTube video. I'm like, hey, <laughs> how much longer? Come on, 20 more minutes of this? I think anything there, any charitable, like in my read of the Cuba stuff, I think is not served by this going on forever and ever yeah. and ever. Yeah. Like, it also makes it feel less like a place, which is maybe interesting in certain ways, but this there's like nothing that looks recognizable really you know it's like very video gamey mm -hmm. um yeah when you're creeping through the jungle it just looks like the jungle template thrown down it could be any jungle in the world and yeah yeah so you do you you great. you make it out of like the kind of city and then you're just in in this jungle and yeah you could have told me this was like vietnam and i'd be like sure you know, it's just, mm -hmm. it is just generic jungle. Um, I had a kind of what I thought was a game-breaking bug in this part and turned out to actually just be terrible AI where you have, um, there's, there's like a couple guys of yours on the ground and you have to like clear the way in front of them. Oh, shit. And I and I just yep. did this and I went and I like killed every person I could see and I was like there's literally no one else what is the game waiting for and and I like restarted the checkpoint a couple times and did this repeatedly and then I realized that actually the guy just hadn't started walking forward that that it like it started me in front of the little like AI boundary that would tell him to move and so then I had to just walk all the way back and be like Go ahead, dude. And then he just walked all the way there because I had already killed everyone in the level. And that is the only instance of bad AI in this game. I do want to point <laughs> It's out. otherwise flawless. <laughs> Rock solid yeah, all overall. Made. Yeah. Uh, that 100% happened to me, too. Uh, you, like, walk down this path too far, and then he turns, like, Kane turns around. And they're like, where are you going? Get back here. Mm -hmm. And then I was just walking up and down like an old person in the mall, like getting their morning exercise. Yeah, it was like, finally what I saw are you supposed guy. to do? Um, so finally you get there. Um, and then and then here's another kind of like attempt at a triple A moment is you get inside and they do have your daughter and... And then you you're kind of pinned down and so you have to like shoot what is it? It's like a crate of grenades or like a landmine or something. A okay, land you shoot a landmine yeah. and everything blows up and that lets you get away, I guess. And then you just shoot everyone there anyway. It's like there's no yeah. difference. Kane's, Kane's solution to his daughter being murdered is to blow up a bomb three and a half feet from her face. It is a very bizarre moment. Yeah, well, she's she's not... She's not uh, dead yet, but but it looks like, you know, looks like that's what happened. Yeah. Um, and she's pretty tough. She's, yeah, and it's just, it's like, at this point in the game, you really realize, like, oh, they they want you to care about Jenny, is, is her name. It's like, they assume that you care about Jenny. And it's just like, why? What What in the game has earned this? And really, the answer is just like, she's a girl to be rescued and she's your daughter. You know, and that's, mm. this is enough in kind of like, just a 
baseline-ass video game that it's like, we don't need to do more work than that. You know you're supposed to rescue the girl-daughter character. Yeah, but can we talk about what Ginny does for the rest of the game, which is very aggravating, which is quietly muttering to herself? So she's very angry at Kane for, I don't know, saving her life. Um, She's really mad that she... I'm not really... I'm not entirely clear why she hates Kane other than he went to prison, I guess. Anyway, uh, you save her, and then she follows you around as you're, like, combating all these dudes. But she casually will mutter things, but not in a way where she sounds angry, which she is at Kane, but she's talking shit to Kane, but as casually as I'm saying this sentence right now. So, like, you'll just hear her every now and then be like, traitor. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> like, why are you just back there talking to yourself? Um, I think that, that Jenny is, like, kind of suffers from the, the worst version of, like, Skylar White syndrome, where, mm. like, I mean... The reasons that she hates you, I think, are pretty obvious in that she was kidnapped and her mom was killed because of your bullshit. Like, you know, when you bring that up, <laughs> good, good reason to be mad. <laughs> but but because, because this game wants you to like Kane, and also because, again, it just, like, seems like it hates women so much, it's like, she's gotta be this just annoying nagging character that follows you around and it's like everything she's saying is right you know it's weird that she calls him a traitor because it's like why would that be the thing she cared about and not like Mm -hmm. you got my mom killed but but like she's right that he's a piece of shit but since the game wants you to empathize with him it instead just makes her seem like she's like an ungrateful person for not you know, like sure. being thrilled that you rescued her. You think, though, with all that justification, she would uh, call you a traitor with a little more venom instead of <laughs> traitor. Traitor. <laughs> what up, traitor? <laughs> My man, the traitor, is here. Anyway, uh, it worked, though. I did hate her. She was very annoying. But I also hated every character in this <laughs> game, so. Uh, I think, like, that's. It's. This is a little microcosm of so much about this game where and it's like interesting Blake when you're saying I wonder if you sat down with uh, the leads on this game and said mm-hmm. what were you trying to do here like what, what was the intent which on one hand like I don't really care yeah what their intent was. creator like, intent is overrated like I'm I'm happy to say but in, like just in the interest of curiosity like well what was going on here because it feels a lot like they were trying to make this thing sort of uglier than they were. And it's like they were being pulled back. Like the idea here that you have any sympathy left for Kane, like you shouldn't. You know, yeah. the game's like seeding it, but it's sort of in these like little throwaway lines where you could conceivably get to the end of this game and be like, you know, he's just trying his best. He's <laughs> not doing it perfectly, but he's trying his best. <laughs> Right. Um, because they don't lean into what a piece of shit he is, like, enough, like, explicitly with, um, you know, I mean, what he's doing in the game is awful, but they don't, if they were leaning into more, like, trying to say, hey, you're used to doing this in a video game, but, like, look at this guy. He sucks. Um, 
but you can get to the end of this game and yeah then it's like the scholar white thing of mm-hmm. even though she's justified you're like well she's kind of being presented as well she's just a drag you know like oh right. she's so annoying she's not letting me be my cool government overthrowing mercenary self <laughs> get Doesn't out of my she way see Jenny. kane's scar clearly he's cool it's fine yeah. This little nose band-aid? Um, yeah. So so then she gets captured again. Um, I don't exactly remember how this happens. All I remember is she's on a plane, and you go on the world's slowest Jeep chase. Yeah, <laughs> like, and even Kane knows that. Incredibly yeah. slow. <laughs> like <laughs> There is a hilarious moment in this Jeep chase that I'm I'm pretty sure is intentional. Uh, where the dude driving, no one on earth knows who this guy driving is. Doesn't matter. Um, he's driving, and there's like a fork in the road, and he goes left, and he hits a dead end. And Kate's like, "Are you fucking kidding me, dude? What the hell?" <laughs> and and he it's backs such a up. funny moment. Yeah, he slowly backs up, and it's such a funny moment for a video game where usually you're going over ramps and shit's blowing up around you to just be like, ah, shit, my bad, wrong turn. (laughs) GPS took me the wrong way. Yeah, it is, I think, like, in the... if, If we're going to read the value of this game as just being, like, antithetical to every, like, big budget, polished, triple A, whatever, it's like, you compare this car chase to any naughty dog car chase or whatever and it's like it's like you know wind whipping past the trees and like guys coming out of the woodwork and this is like you're in a jeep going 15 miles an hour and it's like one car at a time will kind of pull (laughs) alongside you and then you shoot it and then it just like drives away everybody's using turn signals and obeying (laughs) traffic laws Um, and then and then you get on a plane highway and you you shoot the engines of the plane and it can't take off i thought that part was kind of cool i'm not sure why how did i can't believe i guess because this isn't technically the end of the game but this is also a game that ends with you like shooting a plane like max Payne 3 and rarely yeah oh yeah and canon lunch 2 also ends in an airport that you don't shoot the plane then Rarely in games, aside from human bodies, do you have to be cognizant of what you're shooting. Um, And for some reason, I just thought it was interesting that this game made you shoot the engines of the plane. Yeah. Look, my my expectations with this game subsurface at this point. So when I was like, oh, shit, that's a nice little touch. You shoot the engines to blow them out. I was like, that's pretty cool. (laughs) Because most games, you just shoot anywhere on the plane and it would be fine. I was like, yeah, it's pretty cool Um, touch. Speaking of being cognizant where you're shooting, it is actually possible, as I learned, to uh, when the plane opens up and guys come out, you can shoot and kill Jenny, and then you get a game over, and then you mm-hmm. have to shoot the plane's engines again. Oh, that shit sucks. I hate when <clears throat> I hate when games do that. Just make her invincible. Max Gamer though did not shoot Jenny. He got <laughs> actually. Shout oh, out to Max Gamer. Gamer. Dude, I hate, Shout out I to hate him. living in Max Gamer's shadow. Can you just <laughs> hold on? Me? Hold on. Shout out to Max Gamer. Not one death his entire playthrough. Wow. What about editing? You don't think Max Gamer was cleaning well, up that footage? Nah, it's one shot. I would have been able to see the cuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He didn't Max do like Gamer. a bird man. They like walked in front of a door and then quick swipe across the screen no there was none of that it was a clean cut three hours beautiful 
Um, so then there's the choice. Uh, uh, I guess, Blake, because you didn't make a choice, Reed, do you remember what choice you made and if it was something that you, like, thought about at all when you did it? No. I mean, to its credit, both choices are bad. <laughs> that, you that do is feel true. like... It's, like, the most obvious, like, Batman, you can save your girlfriend or your best friend. Like, that kind of thing. But you don't really care about your best friends at this point. Yeah. And I feel like the most Kane move is to say, fuck them. I got my daughter. Well, he does repeatedly. So it's confusing why any player... It's confusing why Kane as a character would go after them. And even when he gets to his friends, he's like, hey, I'm here to save you. His friend's like... Bro, your fucking walkie-talkie was on. We heard what you said about us. Get the <laughs> hell out of here, yeah. dude. No. Oh, I, I love that. And wh- I love how... Oh, sorry. Oh, no, go on. No, I was just going to say, like, this is one thing that I think this game does get is how abrupt and unsatisfying the ends are, no matter what. Like, mm. no one's... It, it does, I think, do a better job than... All the other parts of the game of like actually making clear what this game is trying to say that these guys are not they're not good dudes that you know his daughter like he's like hey i saved you jenny and she's like you're the worst i hate you never talk to me again and then credits you know yeah the, the, the fact that the other one. all his friends are like it's like why would we be grateful to you like you're the reason we're here and everything kind of went ass over tea kettle like because of your bullshit you know it's like mm-hmm. i'm not going to be grateful for you saving me when like this is entirely your fault um i, but, I do like that jenny implies uh that her and the, s- the members of the seven are like friends at this point <laughs> she's like <laughs> seven told me what you did i'm not trying to nah <laughs> like she's like totally cool with them like it, it's like maybe implied she's gonna the seven probably very wealthy she's probably gonna go have an awesome life down there in havana and kane's like ah oh, time to take you back to wherever kane's living after yeah, all this shithole newark apartment <laughs> yeah like um well so what is what i do find interesting about uh the choice which is between leaving with jenny in a helicopter or going to rescue your friends is that um if you leave with jenny the game ends which is what i did first uh Mm. but then if you go back there is a whole other level you know and this game Mm -hmm. this game is three hours long and so like having a a complete new level is like a significant amount of the game and it kind of seems like usually with games the bad ending is the one that ends the game prematurely you know it's like oh you decided to join the villain and so you don't get the final boss fight or whatever um but Mm -hmm. this it's like is it saying that going with jenny is the bad ending or is that just like reading too much into it you know but if you liked Kane and Lynch and you wanted to play more, which I guess is a way that some people would feel, you, yeah. would, <laughs> you would want to leave Jenny and go rescue your friends, which is just like a weird moment in the game. If you make the other choice to leave with Jenny, uh, the video I was watching, he goes and saves his friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was the ending I got. Um, if you get in the helicopter with Jenny... Does Lynch go with you all as well? No. 
Yeah. It's just yeah, you and Jenny, and and you fly away, and Jenny's just like fuck you, and she kind of looks out the window, and it's like go uh, oh, bad, you know. It's just it's weird that she. I, I already said this, but it's like why does she care that you're a traitor? Why is she invested in like the personal <laughs> dynamics? She's friends of this? with the seven at that <laughs> point. She spent so much time with him. She's like. Fuck it. I know you killed my mom, but I hate my dad so much that I guess you're my only friends, <laughs> now. friends now. Um So the the ending where you fly off with Jenny, based on what I know of the few minutes I played at Kane and Lynch 2, that's the canon ending though, right? Because Jenny dies in the other ending. I I Is guess it, but it's like kind of ambiguous if she dies. It, it yeah, it seems like she dies, but also it would be incredibly weird that like Kane would still be doing anything with Lynch because it seemed pretty clear at that end point that Lynch was like dude if you if you leave us now again like you know you got nothing yeah um okay but let me ask in Kane and Lynch 2 aside from knowing there's a character named Kane and Lynch and that they knew each other before the events of the second game. No, does reference. the first game really matter? No, not okay, at all. Gotcha. Because no. there, there's she like has a daughter named Jenny. Yeah, because there's like a three-second piece of dialogue in the opening of Kane and Lynch two, where Lynch is like, "How's your daughter?" And Kane's like, "Fine." And he's like, eh, "She went through some stuff." And Lynch, Kane's like, "Don't talk about it." So yeah. is that about the extent of all that? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of Pretty it's much. kind of like they just mashed both endings together. You know, that okay. that maybe the, the canon ending is not even one that we saw. But but to me, the, leaving with Jenny would be the canon ending because Kane does not give a fuck about these dudes that I, the, mm-hmm. the, they have to go fight and save. Like, Kane is very, like, very... He, he doesn't mince words when he's like, I do not give a fuck if these dudes die. But now he's going to risk his daughter's life again to save them it's very yeah i don't the game didn't need a choice is what i'm saying yeah and don't remind me because i this game just instantly like leaves my memory um his friends like turn on him at the end right or yeah they get in a boat and they drive away yeah there's two when you're going to the like the town or whatever that they're Mm -hmm. there's they're in a church making a stand uh one of them dies before you get there Right. And then the other one is Kane's like, bro, we came to save you. And he's like, nah, dude, you butt dialed me. I heard all that messed up shit you said about mm-hmm. me. We are super not cool. So you go to the pier with him and he's giving you ammo the whole time because the game didn't factor that in. <laughs> uh, but he's constantly throwing you ammo like, here you go, my bro. Uh, then you get to the pier and he's like, Kane, I'm leaving you behind. I'm taking the boat. But then uh, luckily for you all, there's two boats. And then Jenny gets shot. Yeah, Jenny gets shot. And then it does a... A weirdly stylish kind of zoom out where the boat almost I mean it's it's weird because it's like low tech enough that it seems intentional where it's like the boat is literally just doubled like kind of on the bottom and so it's like it's supposed to look like a reflection on the water but since you can't really see any water or the shore or anything it's this interesting kind of like it almost looks like a cutout on on black construction paper or something <laughs> yeah. it's it's weird and it's it's the kind of weird that it's like in a game this nothing i'm like drawn to it you know because I'm it's just, like this is interesting 
I'm just imagining, sorry, I'm just imagining this game ending where it's like, it is construction paper and it closes and it's a children's book called Kate and Lynch and it's a mom having read it to her child. It's a reel to kill a mockingbird. (laughs) (laughs) The child is just like, I so I traumatized for this story. Max Gamer did not include the credits though, so. Was curious to watch those. See. Brutal. No respect I, for the hard work. I actually was curious to know how many people worked on this thing. I guess I can pull up Moby Games um, and look, but I was curious to know, like, for IO in comparison to like something like the Hitman games they were putting out at the time, was this like a skeleton crew or was this like a normal sized team or what it was? But anyway, yeah, it's there. this game is just so. So, do you want to talk about? We didn't talk about last time the Jeff Gerstman thing, which is like kind of I feel like the reason that this game is still culturally relevant more than like itself. I mean, which is a bummer. (laughs) Probably, yeah. Get the game it's due. I was actually his editor. It's time to come clean. I played it. We both played it. He gave it a low score. <laughs> yeah. He gave it like a seven or something. It's not even like I, I think he, he gave it a really. six. But you, okay. you were the one who yeah. was like, "You're out of here. This is a ten out of ten. <laughs> like, this is a good game. You're fired." This actually did have a pretty significant team on it, by the way. I mean, well, but that's what I was thinking about because it had a huge marketing push. You know, it's like this game had just so much money behind, at least like the presentation of it and yeah mm-hmm. and it's just like it's one of those weird things where you you have no idea how much like a marketing department communicates with the people who are making the game or whatever but this game feels so slight to have that much I, you know that it's just like it's like a three-hour game with co-op i don't know if it has a competitive multiplayer it probably had like some kind of tacked on thing but it like mm-hmm. it's a weird game to put fifty million dollars of marketing behind. Yeah, um, yeah. It. I mean, this is unfair speculation, possibly, but the game feels like something went wrong in development. You know what I'm saying? Like. Wow, what's a game I can liken it to where it had a huge marketing budget, but the game was a turd? Um, I mean, probably Anthem. Avengers. Anthem. Actually, yeah, Anthem is a really good example where that game had a huge marketing budget, and then the game came out, it flopped, and then the stories came out about how troubled that development was. Kane and Lynch, I don't think, hit hard enough like Anthem did for it to ever get... Or maybe people tried and the story just didn't come out. 2007 mm. was a very different time. Like, sounds like a challenge. People are beating down the door saying, tell us the development history. (laughs) Kane and Lynch and Kane and Lynch 2 are like, if you designed a story Blake would want to tell in a lab, it would be them, but no editor would ever care about those stories because like three people would click on them. Um, Uh, Maybe we could try to have a developer on the show. Real real quick, actually, just because I didn't actually finish. We don't have to talk about Curseman, but just to to kind of like say it. Well, go ahead. I... I was thinking, had the Gerstmann thing not happened, for for the uninitiated, Jeff Gerstmann, I'll give the really quick version. Jeff Gerstmann reviewed this game for GameSpot, gave it like a six or a seven. Um, at the time, Eidos was buying a ton of ads on GameSpot uh, where he worked, 
and he gave it a low review. So uh, people in the marketing division of like CBS Interactive got him fired. It was a whole big thing, mm-hmm. ethics and journalism and all that shit. Um, I think had that not happened, we probably would hear about Kane and Lynch 2 every now and then. Specifically this year, like your video came out and then there have been a couple retrospectives that have come out. Probably just because that game is interesting looking and we're at the 10 year anniversary. Um, but for Kane and Lynch 1, I think had the Gersman thing not happened, we would have never talked about it again. Um, I mean, think about this is not the most one to one example. But, like, compare and contrast how many people talk about Assassin's Creed 1 versus Assassin's Creed 2. You know what I'm saying? As time goes on, we forget that there, we forget that Assassin's Creed 2 is in Assassin's Creed 1. Like, I think Kane and Lynch would have disappeared into the ether had the Gersman Oh, that's... I, but Assassin's Creed 1 has its defenders as it's, like, you know, this was kind of, like, interesting well, Kane, and different than the story they came into. And we have found one of those... We, I was going to say, yeah, we have a Kane and Lynch defender right but, here. But my guess is that I, I've i had, again, on, on my video that I made about these games, I've had plenty of people saying, uh, hey, I liked Kane and Lynch 1. No one is mm. saying Kane and Lynch 2 sucks you know it seems like everyone who likes yeah. one still kind of agrees that like two did the thing better i guess real quick a mm-hmm. better analogy than um assassin's creed would be like far cry one and two you know what i'm saying like far cry two cult hit i think kanan yeah, two that's... cult hit far cry one gone from anyone's brains mm-hmm. maybe even red dead revolver to red dead redemption but anyway, I don't need to. that is high praise to give dog names. <laughs> Honestly, oh well, I was gonna say Kane and Lynch Dead Men to Red Dead Revolver, pretty comparable. Having played both of those, pretty comparable games. And some weird development shit went down with that one, as you well know. Yeah, I I feel like I looked up. There's some really interesting anecdotes about Dog Days development and just like what they were trying to do stylistically. I think there's the like a GDC talk. Yeah, I think the quote I saw was they were trying to make an anti-art game, which is super interesting to think about in the AAA space. But I I haven't seen anything about Dead Men. I'd be curious to know. Because it feels like that's a game I, where something went wrong in development. That's why that's partially stuck in my head. I was looking at a little bit of stuff about 2 after playing it again. Yeah. And... I think like even in the Wikipedia, there's something where you're saying like part of the studio was saying... This isn't good. This approach is not good. This is too, you know, too harsh or something. And it's, it's, it's going to alienate too many people. And it seems like there was like a push and pull. Mm-hmm. But the side that kind of, which is remarkable because the game feels like something that was made pretty much all hands on deck. Yeah. Believing in the same thing. I mean, there are a few parts that are not really um, perfect for what the rest of it is. But this game feels like there were people who had different ideas of what they were working on. For sure. I think if Kane and Lynch dead men was remade for some reason, (laughs) they got the remake treatment. This, a a remake of this game would be fucking rad. Like maybe not mind blowing. It might not go down as one of the greatest games ever made, but like if this was just a functioning video game, (laughs) it has enough spectacle that at least I would be interested in playing it. You but know what I'm saying? That's the interesting question, though, is if you 
if you sanded the edges off of this, would it be anything? You know, and and my guess is that Reed, you would probably argue no, because it it, it sounds to mm. me that kind of like the spectacle moments didn't really do much for you, and what it has instead is this like kind of intimidating, just like you know rawness is is the only word that I have to describe it, and so it's like if you. If you Shadow of the Colossus PS4 this into just, like, a, a shiny AAA game, what mm. is it? <laughs> is it anything? If it, if it was a shiny AAA game, I don't think it would be good. I think if mm. this game was made kind of, like, leaning into the lessons of Kane Lynch 2. Not necessarily aesthetically, but with uh, sort of, like, a better understanding of where the strengths of it were. I mean, that could result in the shiny AAA game that, you know, just feels better to play and yeah. has functioning yeah. AI and everything. And that wouldn't be super, that wouldn't be interesting beyond just being like a curiosity. I guess what With- I would, what I would like to see, you know, thinking about what Dog Days does well is um, more specificity in its environments. I think the movie set thing is interesting, yeah. but I would really like to feel like I am in Hong Kong or whatever, yeah. like doing this, yeah, yeah. I think that that it could do that really well because it being like kind of a crime drama, be, but being in kind of like an unusual location for that sort of thing seems really interesting. And I just want Kane and Lynch to talk to each other more. Like that's sure. that's mm-hmm. kind of the main thing that I want out of this. And it's so it was so surprising to me when I played this that that wasn't a bigger part of it you know and maybe maybe i just have too high expectations of you know ai partners now that we're we're eight years out from bioshock infinite and whatever and we're kind of used to like most games when you have someone alongside you you'll be talking back and forth for like the whole time but like that's what i wanted out of this game was just like two big personalities bumping against each other and and it's just surprising to me that that doesn't exist, and that happens more in Dog Days, as does kind of everything. So, like, those are the two mm-hmm. things that I would really like to see, you know, if we were going to kind of make a, a rebooted version of this. Yeah. I think, to this game's credit, one thing is, and I think especially when this game came out, it must have been, because video game acting used to be absolutely horrible. And I think a lot of the acting in this game is pretty bad, but I do think uh, the voices of Kane and Lynch do a pretty good job. Lynch could have gone way more cartoonish than he did. Yeah. And it's interesting that he doesn't. That he does, you know, the part you were talking about with the kind of like simpering kind of like beaten puppy kind of thing he does once in a while is really interesting, especially when he has that voice, that gravelly voice that sounds like, I don't know. He could have played it up in a way that would have been completely repellent. Yeah, I think... But I think the guy who... Oh, sorry. I was going to say, yeah, I think Kane is about as kind of 2007 video game as one can get, or it's like, just be a, a tough guy. <laughs> but, but you know, maybe... If, if Were you about to say the, the contrary? Do you like Kane? I, well, I think, like, there is... I think that was his direction. Sure. I think there is a little bit of depth to his performance that didn't need to be in there, that he's giving it a little bit more. Um, 
But I could also be thinking too of I did play Kane and Lynch two again right after. I I so wonder I if it's the same. We should look up for the next episode if they're the same voice actors because honestly i think I, they are. I wouldn't even notice if you know if it's just like another gruff white guy voice i'm not that <laughs> attentive he kind of sounds like max Payne. He, he, he i i would not be surprised if they were told to do a max Payne impression yeah um i do like those parts which you mentioned in the last one when Kane goes down and he's like thinking about all his regrets mm-hmm. and everything as he's about to maybe die. Um, I think the performance is pretty good. There. Yeah, and the music's cool, like Jesper Kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's pretty pretty decent. Um, well, that's it. Blake. Do you have? I think you had probably the hardest time with this game out of any of the three of us. Do you do you have anything else kind of on this game as we leave it and go into two? Are you just glad to be done with it? Do you know? Is there anything it's left you with? I am <clears throat> just glad to be done with it, honestly. Uh, it's not a game that's going to stick in my head um, at all. I I just it's it's nothing to me. It's kind of like. Um, when I had to, for a different series, watch numerous Uwe Boll films. Uh, at some point, it was like, yeah, it's bad, but I just don't want to give it any more real estate in my brain. Uh, other than this fact I just learned, which I think we do need to call out, uh, because this will stick in my brain. Um, the, the Vault Breaker, you'll remember him from the Bank Heist level. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was voiced by uh, Charles Martinet, who you might know as one mustachioed <laughs> plumber named Mario. <laughs> It was weird when he triple jumped out of the level, but other than that, I didn't think about yeah. it. Yeah, uh, just happened to look up the uh, the voice actors and actresses in this game, and Charles Martinet. Wow, I thought Charles Martinet was making enough off the Mario family that he never had to step out. I don't this know. This was actually a passion project for him. He was like, "Please <laughs> let me be the lock breaker." i'm looking now wow yeah i mean he's primarily he does show up in other uh games but it's primarily mario yeah like he was in an ssx uh anyway closing thoughts on this no uh, i i the second i was done with it i booted up kane and lynch 2 and played about 30 minutes and i was like oh this is exactly what i want and hoped for from a kane and lynch game uh then i got stuck on a fight and it was really annoying, so I turned it off, and I said I'll come back to this later. But uh, no, I just, which is unfortunate. Like as a, a co-host of a podcast, I feel like I should have something to say here, and I I just don't, you know. Like I'd be making it up if I had any profound thoughts to offer. Um, Reed, as the, you know, I think I think you've done a good job of communicating why it is yeah. that you like this game or, or you know find find so. value in it or whatever D- do you when you think about Kane and Lynch one like what what is kind of the memory that comes to your head um I don't know I think it's that nightclub part I think mm-hmm. that's a that's an all-timer in in uh kind of deliberately to me it seems deliberately fucked up video game mm-hmm. commentaries on violence you know i find violence and shooters extremely interesting and 
I think there's something about that. I think this game coming out in 2007, um, some of the stuff it's doing, I think we're pretty quick to attribute a lot of, well, I mean, it's part of the nature of anyone writing about games or doing anything about games. It's hard for anyone to stay in the space for more than like a decade at best. And I think we're quick to credit newer things for um, being the first to something. And I think there's a lot of stuff kind of germinating in Kane and Lynch that would become really influential over the next, you know, 13 years. Um, but at the same time, it's the little brother of, of two, which, sure, you know, I, I would say, I think does pretty much everything I like about this game better, but I think there's, you know, if you can bear to play it, I think there's, there's something there, but you know, you could just follow Blake's lead and max gamer, baby <laughs> live that max gamer <laughs> lifestyle. And yeah, I'm going to throw him a subscribe after this. <laughs> I owe him one. You better. You owe him a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll have him on the podcast next episode. <laughs> well, I think I think we've pretty much exhausted this game. I know that, that both Blake and I are very excited to be moving on to Kane and Lynch 2, which we will start uh, in the next episode. Uh, we'll talk about where to play to at the very end. But first, Reed, thank you so much for, for being on yeah. this, for being uh, a different perspective than ours on the game. I think we would have both kind of hated this if we just had another podcast episode of talking how about how much we didn't like it uh and so it was really nice to, to have you on here um mm-hmm. i've been i didn't say this before i've been a big fan of your writing for like a long time so it's also just like cool to have you on because we haven't talked oh, in real life so. before uh you want to tell you. people where where they can read that writing where they should follow you etc uh sure and thank you also thank you for having me on this Yep. I'm jealous of this podcast series that you guys got to at first. I think it's this is a uh, such a good. There's there's so much stuff to cover in the ugly games genre. You could just um, start your own. We don't have money for lawyers to sue you or anything. <laughs> call it. Just go for it. Like we won't. We can't take action if you do something rotting. It's it's different. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Some rotten things. Uh. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Reed McCarter, um, but go to Bullet Points Monthly is a site of video game writing that I um, co-edit with Yusuf Cole, and yeah, there's we focus on one game a month typically, or try to do a theme. It's supposed to be shooters all the time. It's not always just shooters because you know we're only human. Um, but yeah, go to bulletpointsmonthly.com and that'll, that'll show you where to go. Go to the Patreon. Hell Patreon. Yeah. It's how people live these days. Uh, Blake, where, where can people find you? And are you, you up to anything these days? Nope. Nope. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> follow me at Metallica's rad. Uh, uh, since the first episode came out, I think... Yeah, my final column for Unwinnable was published online, um, which is about my uh, what I thought about The Last of Us Part Two, um, specifically as an addict. I interestingly, or at least interestingly to me, uh, found that a lot of the things that pe- that people hated about that game 
with its violence and cycles of violence. I actually liked a lot, but not for the reasons the developers intended. Uh, so that's on unwinnable.com. I think it's called The Last of Us Part Two over and over again. So just look that up. Um, um, and because uh, because it's on a separate feed now, uh, check out Game Query, uh, Blake's, oh, yeah. Blake's podcast <laughs> that he does with uh, with AJ Moser and Leo Vader and Haley. What's Haley's last name? Maclean. Maclean. Uh, I mispronounced it for two years. <laughs> it's a it's a very funny podcast. I just listened to uh, the most recent one where Blake had an all time <laughs> beef with Leo. <laughs> It's, it's some good he, stuff. Leo, if there are any Game Quarry listeners listening to this, you'll know that beef. And I'll tell you, Leo is streaming right now, and I cannot wait to get off the call and see if he'll <laughs> sing me a song and make up to me what he did that we argued about on that last episode. Um, well, I will I will let you get there by just saying, <laughs> my name's Jacob Geller. You can, you can follow me on YouTube and Twitter, both just Jacob Geller. Um, you know, in addition to this, I have videos coming out uh, about every three weeks. Go watch those. Um, and that's it. Next time for Kane and Lynch 2 Dog Days, we're playing about half the game up until the end of the mission, A Thousand Cuts. Uh, you will know it's time to stop playing when the characters are clothed again. And that's all I will say about that mission. Um, so... Thank you all for listening. Uh, Something Rotten Season 2. Here comes the good part. Keep on rotten in the new world. That's it. Thank you to Jeffrey Kieschlick, Jeremy Bull, JV Gwaltney, Jill Grote, and Kenneth Shepard for supporting Something Rotten at $10 and or above on Patreon. If you would like to support the show and get episodes early, you can do that at patreon.com slash Blake Hester. 